Hey everybody, welcome back to the Scared Stiff Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. This is my co-host, Scott. How you Hello. doing, buddy? Now we don't have to switch back and forth. I do yes, what the fuck I want. Thank Christ. Oh my god. What a fucking nightmare. Today we're going to be discussing the 2000 movie Hollow Man. Almost said Hollow Knight. <laughs> you said that um, all day today. You've I know. Said that I kept, all day today. I, I kept fucking up the entire time. I even Googled it last night and I typed Hollow Knight instead of Hollow Man. I don't fucking know why. Like, I barely played Hollow Knight. <laughs> so we're doing Hollow Man in general because I wanted to do an Invisible Man movie, but I don't want to do the newest one because we both saw that not that long ago. I don't want to rewatch it because everything I've seen is so fresh. If we're going to do a movie, I want it to be something that we've both just seen. It's fresh in our heads, and I don't really want to rewatch that right away. It's not yeah. super, not interesting, but I don't think it's necessary personally. And this is a film both you and I have not seen, so I'd rather us do something clean and fresh than a film that we both watched not that long ago. Yeah, and this one is one of those situations, kind of like um, the fucking Guillermo del Toro movie that's basically a uh, Creature of Black Lagoon movie and the, uh, like, like Nosferatu, where they kind of, they don't have the rights to the character that they're trying to make a movie out of, so they kind of made their own version of the character. So it, it gives you the ability to have similarities, but also go your own way with it. Yeah, I definitely agree. It's 100% an Invisible Man movie. It's just funny because they bought the rights to the book called Hollow Man, even though it's got nothing to do with it, and they just 100% said, Invisible Man, we're going to go with that. It's exactly that premise of the movie. They make a reference slash joke to the Invisible Man in the movie. Yeah, a very, very dirty, Yeah, we'll, unnecessary we'll definitely get into that later. But... I would like to say that I'm pleasantly surprised with the movie. I was interested in it, but I didn't expect much. I've seen clips of it. Not really clips, but when I was younger, I remember walking into like a living room with like family watching a movie, and they were watching this, and they were watching, at the time, the most uncomfortable scene in this oh, movie yeah. to me. And I didn't watch the whole thing, but I'm like, oh, seems like something I don't give a shit about right now. So I didn't watch yeah. it, and I walked out. But I knew they were watching Hollow Man. And that was my only memory of the film. So, went in with that, watched the movie, pleasantly surprised, not so pleasantly, uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. it was definitely something. It's an experience. It lives through the 90s 100%, whether oh, it's yeah. good it's, or bad. Literally, I was I was texting you when I started, because I'm I, sure I started before you. Um, yeah. And I texted you, the first thing I texted you about the movie was, this is about the most 90s, 2000s movie I've ever seen in my life. I, I thought it was The music, the yeah. editing, and, and the be very, because it was the very beginning of the movie, so it's him with his Porsche driving down the street and all stuff blasting. His, 90s song. Yeah, yeah, I was sitting there like, this, this is, this takes the cake from any 90s horror movie I've ever seen, as far as just like, I am a 90s movie. Yeah, 100%. I thought it was yeah. funny you said that because the film came out in 2000, so it was in 2000. the 99, so it's the yeah. the perfect antithesis of 90s, 2000, dog shit. Yeah, but it's not dog it's shit. Not, it's not dog shit. It is a really, really uncomfortable movie. And I think 100%. the one thing we should touch on first before we jump into the movie is the first thing you asked me before I even started watching the movie is, 
does this count as horror? Yeah. So when I got to work today to talk to you about this, I didn't even intend to talk to you about most of the movie. I just wanted to pose that specific question. Um, and we just wound up talking about the entire movie. But there's a lot of this movie where it, it, for a while it feels like it's it's more of a sci-fi thriller than a horror film. Especially towards the end, it feels like they kind of just like, hey, I like aliens. Let's do aliens. But without the sheer amount of aliens. Uh, it, it just feels like an action movie towards the end. But there's a lot of sequences. We were talking about it. And it, I, the more I thought about it, the more I, I came over to your side of thinking because... There's a lot of sequences that feel like slasher sequences, especially the uncomfortable scene that we'll get to with the POV shots reminding you of literally any slasher movie post Halloween. And even towards the end, before the big climax, there's still sequences where he's just picking people off one by one and it, it feels very slasher like. So I, I, at the beginning of the day, was not in the camp of this as a horror film. It felt a lot more like an action movie, but. As, as it went on and we discussed it, and as I thought about it, I definitely fell into the camp that this is a horror film, but it kind of rides the line at times. So, the way we're going to start this off, I don't want to get off track, but this is going to be important because it's going to be kind of like criteria for the rest of the podcast is that when we're talking about what's a horror film and what's not, we've had discussions about Seven, Silence of the Lambs, other films like that. One of the big ones we've been talking about is does the first Godzilla movie count as a horror film? And the way I always look at things personally is that we have to look at the film in the decade. The reason I don't count Silence of the Lambs or Seven is that even in that decade, it doesn't take the identity of horror. It doesn't utilize that. You can use Godzilla and say, in that time period, most of the horror films were science fiction. How are they viewed as a horror film, though? Creature... It's a science fiction movie, but through and through, it is a horror film. The science fiction aspect comes second. You could argue that maybe in Godzilla, because the science fiction is so estranged, but there's definitely an argument to be made. Yes. Silence of the Lambs, I don't think there's much of an argument. Seven, I don't think there's nearly anything in a, of an argument. In this film, if it, was, if it came out today, it wouldn't be a horror film. 100%, it's not. But yeah. in the 90s... A lot of horror films were just structured like that. The horror does take a backseat sometimes to some of the, like, not just hijinks, but, like, other things they're focusing on the movie, the science mumbo-jumbo stuff. Yeah. But when they do do the horror elements, it's very fitting of its time period, and I think it does just fall into kind of, like, slasher territory. Yeah, and it, it makes sense for it to, to land in that territory, too, because, I mean... You're you're an invisible man. You're gonna go if you're gonna go around killing people. It's gonna feel like a slasher movie, and theoretically, it should be even even more scary because you can't see the person. But yeah, I I agree. I started the day off not thinking that it was really a horror movie, especially because right in my mind, the fr my freshest part of the movie was the finale, the very end of the movie yeah. with the elevator. I was like, this feels so not like a horror film. But most of the movie, uh, especially after the change there's a lot of horror aspects to it definitely i would think it's funny that the new film invisible man it would be more similar to the original but if you mm -hmm. think about it that film borrows a whole lot from hollow man versus the original invisible man the way some of the characters interact with who they think is around them but they don't know some of the camera work 
that new movie has a lot of techniques or just ideas that they transferred over from Hollow Man. And that's why I think it's incredible that Hollow Man came out in 2000 because some of those tricks still work great in 2020. Yeah. It, it, it was it, one of the one of the big talking points that we had today about the movie was um, how well the visual effects have aged. Yeah. You know, this is a 21-year-old movie. And some of those, some of these effects, I mean, some of them are a little bit iffy at times, but for the most part, you have very detailed visual effects of the human anatomy. And, and it does, it does look like 90 CG. Like it does yeah. look kind of like a little bit glossy. Yeah. Glossy. That's a good way to put it, but it doesn't change the fact it's amazing the way it works. It's impressive and, still. And we don't like. Who's to care how glossy it is because maybe the serum makes it look like that in the movie. You know, you can yeah. lend yourself to being you can lend yourself to the disbelief in the film by the way it's presented to you and it works fine. I I'll say it say, never took me out of the movie. 100%. I will but. say some of the CG with like the gorilla masked over the suit doesn't yes. look very good. Yes, the the CGI version when when the gorilla just comes back into to being able to be seen there's a lot there's it's cgi and it's very noticeable and then after that it's a person in a suit and it's very noticeable yeah but yeah that's probably probably the weakest stuff in the movie even the stuff with like when he's coated in water like that shit should look dumb but it it really works it does a lot of that like i said a lot of those things like in the last scene with you know the rain coming well not rain but you know the sprinklers coming down you definitely know they took inspiration for that when they did 2020 Invisible Man. Yeah. Like, it's just cool that a lot of these tricks just work so well. They're like, well, we'll just bring it over. And for this time period in 2000, the budget was $90 million and they put $50 million on the VFX. And it really shows that they cared and put a lot of effort into it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you really think about it, too, looking at the way the film is, is plotted out, they deliberately spend most of the film in that bunker so they don't have to pay for these large extravagant set pieces outside of the i mean like you get the shots of him driving cars and stuff but most of the the action takes place in very specific environments and very enclosed environments that you know they built and then just kept using it felt personal because of it too yeah it's very smart filmmaking because it's very very financially conscious especially in that time period with how visual effects were pretty new those kinds of visual effects i should say cgi was pretty new uh it took a lot of time and money to put into effects that are convincing back then you know jurassic park had the same kind of issue you know they pioneered a lot of cgi with like the abyss and and t2 but that stuff took money and paul verhoeven knew where to put his money in this movie and it all works. I mean, like the, he he didn't have to pay for for huge cast members aside from Kevin Bacon at yeah. the time for the time because yeah, you know obviously Josh was... Brolin, obviously Josh Brolin went on to be fucking Thanos, so he's he's a much more high profile actor now. But Elizabeth back then, his career kind of backed off at that point too. Yeah, so he didn't have they they didn't have to pay too much for for actors. They put the bulk of the money into the visual effects, and it shows. I gotta to say, the point that you were telling me earlier today that they used that shit for for um, anatomy and yeah, like yeah, they teaching. they took the diagram that they did for the Invisible Man when he transforms back to human and vice versa that 
they use that diagram for scientific research afterwards because it's such a good perfect diagram yeah and i think they model the diagram so closely as they could to kevin bacon's body which i find to be astounding it's pissed him off to take through all that time and go through it like okay yeah cool yeah i bet make the shaft it's just, wider it's just pretty crazy watching it <laughs> watching that's the sequences because they do it with the gorilla they do it with him just watching how detailed it is and they're not short sequences because they go layer by layer of your anatomy and it's all pretty intricately done and there are you know dramatic moments that happen during those sequences where the people in the room are required to interact with something that's not actually there mm-hmm. and it's very impressive that their eye lines and everything like when they're doing the defibrillator on the on the gorilla it looks like they're actually placing it in the right place it's not like they're because they're obviously suspending it in in midair or maybe uh, maybe in the seat they have a a, a gor- the gorilla suit in a blue uh, blue suit or something they painted the gorilla blue to to cut them out but if they didn't it's still it's very impressive that they they managed to to really make that all convincing especially in the time period because it, again the cgi was pretty much in its infancy still it's funny you brought up about like Oh, yeah, keeping the island and everything and, you know, the skeleton. So when they had to pick up Kevin Bacon's, like, body when it's a skeleton form, they made a cast for a skeleton, but they made it metal. So it was heavy when they picked it up. It would feel like <laughs> oh, a human body. I, oh, wow. I, that's such a that's cool, pretty cool thing. That's like, really cool. Yeah, a lot of the things they did for, like, the VFX or just trying to work around it so it made it feel real and have weight to it was really, like, genius. Verhoeven, like, he he was just on a different level at times, man. He, when they're just... talking to Kevin Bacon and he's not there, what they did is they put a speaker in the background that would have his voice, so they had some like some direction to look in. Oh yeah, that's good because because a lot of people I was seeing uh, I was watching somebody. Oh, it was uh, it was Robin Williams. I was watching something with him, and he was talking about how he had to talk to to Tinkerbell. And he's like, it's, it wasn't always the actress. It was some some guy on on set reading lines as as monotone as possible. So it's like, oh, I got I got to react to that. Yeah. And it's it's good that they got Bacon, Kevin Bacon to do it because it, it at least gives them something to react to that's yeah. that's accurate to what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it's funny when they're talking about how they had to make the movie. A lot of the time, they're thinking, oh, yo, he doesn't have to be on set that much. Just a few scenes, and as they're doing it, it's like, okay, this is kind of tough. Maybe we should put him in more i'd have to assume that putting him in the latex and everything they wouldn't have done it as often if it didn't feel necessary to the film i'm sure like they probably would have made him invisible more but the fact that it does take away from so much of the drama with him giving a presence and being on screen it felt way too ironically hollow for most of the giving a giving a real performance yeah yeah his voice is great in the film too yeah you don't realize how much like power he has in his voice until you don't see him on screen. Yeah, the ni- the nice thing about uh, when he gets the latex latex mask is that while it it is a bit restrictive uh, for his face, it does give him the ability to emote in a lot of ways. So it, it 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 makes the vocal performance come across even stronger because of the fact that you could there's something you can put because a lot a lot of stuff with with us as as a society i feel is like we need to see the face and not seeing the face is it's it's tougher to connect to the performance 
Yeah. So it's good that they got him in a, in some kind of an apparatus so that he could perform visually. Because like even like with with like classic Invisible Man garb, like there's not really much emoting you can do through it a no. lot of the time. I mean, Claude Rains so. does a fantastic job with what he has. But, yeah, you know, it's tough. That's just, that's just a testament to how great Claude Rains is. That's kind of the is. thing about designs in so. general for like characters. People don't realize, but the reason Batman doesn't have white eyes in live action is because it's tougher for an actor to get across like anger or any other like tough emotion when you can't see his eyes. That's yes. why they usually leave it open so you can see him emoting more. It gives the actor more of a presence. Same thing with designs like this. I love the first Invisible Man. It, the design is fantastic. The whole mummy wrap and the sunglasses, it's cool, it's really niche, and it's fun. But you want to talk about having a character feel so innately like disjointed from humanity and terrifying on presence, you give him a latex mask where you can't see his eyes and his mouth hole. It, he looks so out of it. Off-putting. Very, very off-putting. The yeah. entire presence of him is just so disconcerting where you don't want to look at him. And when you hear it with Kevin Bacon's voice, it's just so uncomfortable when he gives such a crazy performance. Yeah, speaking of Kevin Bacon, you should probably talk about Kevin Bacon because he is he plays a magnificent douchebag in this movie. But he does a lot of great work, especially post-change, vocally... Yeah. And physically. I don't like the character before he goes through the change because he's just a 90s dick. And yeah. he's not really a character. He's just, <laughs> what can't Sebastian do? You put a problem in his face, he spits on it and throws it back at you and says, fuck you, I ate a Twinkie. Like, that shit is not fucking cool. Everything about him, it's like, oh man, I can't, oh, wow, Sebastian's so fucking cool. It's like, yeah, Sebastian rocking the mullet. Oh, it's not that cool. Like... It's just 90s cheese, and it's weird to throw that as the character in the beginning because I can't get attached to that. I just dislike the idea of that. But you get rid of the 90s cheese, and then you make him a real fleshed-out, I won't say human, but developed character. I can get inside that character. He may be a fucking murderer, but I can get into that murderer. He's more, he's more than a murderer. Yeah, but, I think we should yeah. take a break on watching films about fucking rapists. It's getting a little uncomfortable at this point. Yeah. Uh, this, Two this out w- of what? Eight? Like, what the fuck, man? That's a one in four chance. I'm watching a film today. Yeah. That's my fourth one. Oh, is it going to be a rapist in it? Probably. Not three. We Evil Dead, the... tree rape. Well, that's not a person. Like, not a person, but it's, it's know, still... I, I can't scold the tree, unfortunately. I mean, you could. It just it wouldn't do anything yeah, for you, well. but I wouldn't recommend it. I got but, Yeah, no. <laughs> but yeah. the, uh, yeah, he's, see, I don't mind the fact that they, they characterize him as this kind of just weirdo douchebag at the Perfect. beginning. Well, that, they do that's do that too. Exposed, that's expo- yeah, at the beginning, but it's exposed even worse later. But yeah, yeah I agree. But uh, I don't mind that so much, especially because of what comes after. Yeah. Because it, the stuff that happens after he turns, kind of informs on that initial character which makes it kind of in reverse better i agree but yeah the serum 100 percent makes that character go through a change that is gradual but it feels like it makes sense one thing i want to address is that 
This movie, Kevin Bacon's performance is awesome. The character oh, yeah. is despicable. Yes. And I will say 100%, if you're female, you probably might not want to watch this movie. It's like, fucked. You're going to have a tough time getting through sexual assault, <laughs> misconduct to female workers, rape. <laughs> Positive, um, yeah. Just degrading the females in general a lot of the time. Like, a lot yes. of the stuff in this film, because it's in the 90s and 2000s and women weren't really respected during film at this time, this movie showcases a lot of that. So it might be tough to get through. If you want to take a chance and say, I love Kevin Bacon, I want to see him give a great performance, go for it. But like, definitely put heavy, that in context and understand what you're getting into. Heavy, heavy disclaimer. Yeah. I, he's, he is the weirdest kind of combination of genius and misogynistic asshole. I hate and to say I, it, but a, like, a little too often does that combination go together. A little, a little too often, and in, in this movie, a little too often, it goes a little bit more for the misogynistic douchebag, yeah, the genius. A little bit too much. Um, both but, times, when, when we were watching and texting each other, we both would say, this is uncomfortable. Yes. And let's say we are both almost in our mid-20s, and male, and this is uncomfortable for us. So, like, I wouldn't imagine being a female, let alone a teenage female, watching this movie. <laughs> you see, you had context for that and kind of expected some of that going well, into yeah. it. I didn't know. Yeah. I had no fucking clue when we started this movie that that was going to happen. So, <laughs> when when the first scene of that happens, I was just sitting there in on my bed watching it and being like, oh, yeah. no. I didn't know that was going to oh, happen. No. I... I Yikes! That so, that was that was a scene that made me super uncomfortable, yeah. especially because you know that they they did that with CGI, so like they modeled it. She's like, oh my god, that's it's that's even, a lot. I also just the fact that like she hates him. <laughs> she hates him. She doesn't like him before. Yeah. So like. <laughs> so it yeah. definitely didn't give him any 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 points. I'll say this much: I I know a lot of women that don't like the 2020 Invisible Man. I'm never yeah. gonna recommend this movie to them. Yeah. No. I I I can't. <laughs> No, it's yeah. It, it is a super misogynistic movie. It, it's not a. It's not a movie that condones it though. Like the whole point is, no, is it's no. bad. That I mean, doesn't make the main it comfortable character to sit is a, through. Is a female, and she's a yes. She's a strong female, and not in the. It's not one that they're trying to say like, look how cool she is. No, this is a full developed character who's yes. gone through a lot, who's gone through change, and says, I'm not taking any more bullshit. This is a strong woman that showcases that in the film. And That's another thing too. That's another thing too, because we were talking about how like is this movie horror? Is it not? She's she's the definition of a final girl, one hundred percent. Although she's she's a strong character before the finale, so she's a little bit more developed than most final girls yeah. are. But she's she, she Elizabeth. She was really really good in this, and it makes me surprised that her her career just kind of disappeared after this. Yeah, like I you haven't seen a whole lot with her in it. You know, yeah, just Back to the Future two and three in this. Yeah, and at that point, she's already like, well, I'd say she has a as a bigger role in two than the first one, but she barely has any role at all in three. Yeah, she's barely. She's only at the end. I would say most people know her for Karate Kid. I probably Hollow Man if they saw them. Uh, she's in The Boys now, which is a really popular TV show. I know her because of Cocktail with her and Tom Cruise. You know. Like, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> she's been in a lot of things. In, in the 80s, after Karate Kid, she was hot. She was a big deal. 
and yeah. then putting her in Back to the Future, you know, that's that's a huge name. And then shortly afterwards, like, not a lot happens with her career. And it sucks because you see this movie and you think, wow, she's awesome. She's really fucking kicking ass. Yeah, like, physically she's great. and, you know, <laughs> in her performance. Like, yeah, she's great. Her her dynamic with Kevin Bacon's character, Kane, is at, like, it's it's a really well acted dynamic between the two and they have good chemistry for this specific type of relationship she doesn't take his shit after a certain point there is a there is a point where she kind of puts up with it for the project and that's really sad to watch he she's i I love her i love the way that they have a back and forth they have there's some really really uncomfortable shit with them that happens later on in the movie if it's involving kevin bacon at this point in the movie we're just going to say that it's probably uncomfortable yeah. Although there's one there's one specific scene that you pointed out that I that re, that you reminded me of that was really funny with him, him scaring the shit out of the kids in the car. I like that scene a lot. That's <laughs> it's so funny. Also, the, the scene before that when he's getting into the car and he's just trying to juke out the fucking security guard. He's doing all these different things to hide himself. He put his hat down. He's walking to the car. He's yeah. putting up his putting up the canopy. He's just well, trying to juke him out. I, it's just like that scene's so funny because it's like. Yeah, try your best to not show your face. It's like, what? What do you mean? You look like a fucking burn victim. Like you don't even have real ears. You think he's not gonna see that? Yeah. Like that guard should be a little more like, what the fuck? Like he wasn't bald. Like that's a bald man that walked past him. Like it's it's really weird. Like a fucking naked mole rat. He's like, hey, what's up, Sebastian? Like he's he's probably like, hey, what's up, Sebastian? How's it going? What's um. That's that's not at all how you should act. He's like, oh yeah, it's been a few days. You're right. His car hasn't moved for like three days. You see him. He's bald now. <laughs> Looks like a like a fucking grown up forty hey. year old baby, and you're not questioning him now. Like, hey Sebastian, the the stress is getting to you there. You're losing your hair, losing your fucking dumbass mullet. I, that, that was actually one of the first things I said when he first appeared on the screen. I'm like, what the fuck is that haircut, dude? It's because he had his hair down in his in front of like on his forehead and shit. I'm like, oh, it's so what? Bad. It's funny because like that? when he's at the it's because of scene, bedhead because he fell asleep. Yeah, but it, it just it was like when he's at the <laughs> dinner scene, he looks decently good. Like his hair slicked back. It's like yeah, whatever. The mullet. It's like Kevin Bacon. He, he can rock that mullet. He really can. But some scenes, man, he looks like a fucking dork. It's so funny. It's so <laughs> weird. That was like that's the first time you see him on screen. I'm just like he looks. Like a fucking rat, little rascal's character right now. He looks so stupid. He does look like a little rascal's character. I will say one thing. They talk about Twinkies a lot in the movie, how it's like his mixture of figuring things out. Little pissed off he didn't kill someone and eat a Twinkie. Little mad about that. He Should ate a Twinkie before he, he ate Twinkie before he, kill, he killed well, someone. That was they, the idea. Murder they don't really, spawned by Twinkies. They don't really say he killed her. I mean... That's that's one of the scenes we're dancing around. We might as well just talk about it. The rape um, scene. I mean, yeah, implied rape scene. Yes. Well, they filmed it. They filmed the rape scene. Oh, they did. It, yeah, they say they filmed the rape scene, and it was so disturbing they had to take it out because people good. were like, "That's too far." And good, it is. good, good. It, you it don't need to show it. Far. <laughs> it. It's disturbing enough without it, honestly. So the character of Kevin Bacon, he he occasionally peeks at his neighbor who's like getting undressed and doesn't close her fucking blinds for some reason you know whatever but you know as soon as she takes her clothes off you know blinds close then apparently mr horn dog's always like looking for, uh, i want a little piece 
And, you know, he's taking the serum, which in The Invisible Man, the whole thing is the serum drives him crazy. In this, in film, this one, it is a super soldier serum of perverts. It, yeah, in this one, it's you can see it that way, but they don't force you to believe that way. This time, she uh, doesn't close the blinds that much. He gets a little peek, and he's like, game time. Fucking raping. Not cool. Yeah. Rape bad. Stop. But yeah, he that... goes over to mm. her. That scene is probably one of the most, like, horror scenes in the movie with the way it's filmed. Yeah, because the camera work in that sequence is really fucking good. Yeah. Uh, It's all POV related, and it's so good. Yeah, it just, it sucks that it's filmed around a scene that's going to take place with someone being raped. Yeah, because a lot of it's... uncomfortable. A lot of it's really fun up until the end, because of the whole, like, him fucking with her, like, with the mirrors and stuff. Yeah. But then, then it takes a turn, and you're like, oh, this is not fun. Yeah. I don't like this. I mean, it shouldn't be fun at all, period, because of the fact that you know he's going over there, whether he's going to rape her or if he's going to be uh, just, like, watching her while she's naked or something. Either way, it's bad. So yeah. it doesn't matter. I'll I'll say this much. It's already uncomfortable and it's already bad. There's a lot of things you can do in this movie that would make me less uncomfortable but still hate the guy. Uh, yeah. The scene we're talking about now, he fucking chokes her before and then it just cuts. We, I'm gonna assume he rapes her. If if I just saw him like fucking hit her and she's knocked out and he's like, oh shit, and he runs and nothing happens, like, already he already hit a woman. I already fucking hate him, but now I don't have to think if that woman got raped. So like, she's already been sexually assaulted. She's already been abused, but I don't want her to also be raped. That's that would make the scene a little bit better, and still hate the character. But not like, yeah. you really fucking did this. Same with the scene that when I first saw and said, I am uncomfortable watching this. And you said, me too. Where he fondles the girl that he fucking hates and she hates him. Instead of unclipping her shirt and seeing him do that to her, just, you know, flip a few buttons and then she wakes up so she doesn't actually get sexually assaulted. But Yeah, it's bad to. enough. It is bad enough. As a viewer, you can say, this fucking piece of shit. But we don't have to say this fucking piece of shit and then feel terrible for this woman who got sexually assaulted. It's already bad enough it almost happened, but seeing it is like, come on, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch this for like two minutes. And like, that's the point. Yeah. Your mileage will vary as as to whether or not you think that is a, a necessary decision for the character because. Yeah. You, like you said, you could do that a completely different way and still achieve the same result. Yeah. Uh, but 99, 2000. Yep, I agree. It, it's it's unfortunately Ed, a product of its time. So I wouldn't I wouldn't say like, you know, it that kind of stuff like would tank the movie. It's just it's something that they could have just pulled back on a little bit more. Yeah. I'll uh, say I, this much. I, I was actually because I, I mean, I didn't even have a question of whether or not she, whether or not um, Rona Mitra got raped or not in that scene. Yeah. I was like, did she die? Oh, don't she, talk about that I, she dies. I'd have to. I would assume, assume she she's dies. dead. I'd have to assume she's dead, yeah. but like, see, that's I don't another know. thing though. Like, they, they don't talk about it. See, like, but that's it right there. Like, all he, he says fu- is he say scared he fucks the shit with out her. her. Like, he smacks the mirror around. He chokes her. You see her hit her, and he's like, oh fuck, and then he runs away. That's a lot less deplorable than. Raping her and possibly murdering her. Like I don't want to yeah. think he did that, especially knowing the next scene he he kind of jokes about it with his friend. And yeah, because like, he, sa- he says all is, he did. He says this, all he did was scare her a little. 
Yeah, this is uncomfortable, and he's alive. But that's that, that's all he that's all he says. Like yeah. it never gets brought up again. Yeah, you don't scare someone a little when you fucking choke them. Like at that point, he definitely. I don't know. Yeah, that's my that's my thing. It's just like I think you could have got you could have changed a few things. It would have made things easier to watch for other viewers. Yeah. You know, an attempt at something is bad enough, but actually doing it, it's like I don't know if I want to watch the movie anymore. Yeah, I'll say I'm glad they. Pull, they 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 pull the plug on that that actual filmed scene. Yeah, I think that as it stands, this scene is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it doesn't hit that level where it's it's reprehensible or I like, can't watch yeah. it. Uh, same same like I I really don't like the sexual assault scene with the the veterinarian yeah. with Sarah. That is probably to me that that one feels worse because you see more. I agree. It feels worse. Uh, uh, it's see not, more of the action. It's not worse uh, than the other one it. in action, but the other one is what you think happened versus seeing it happen. Yeah. He pulled back on that one. I wish he pulled back on the other one. I, I think it would have been better. It's not something that I would say is objectively bad. It's just something that for me, I, I, I don't think it, we needed to go there. Yeah, I agree. I so. also think if he didn't do it, his downward spiral would be more step by step and not feel like a huge jump. And also, wouldn't he also wouldn't be like straight up like irredeemable? Yeah, because that's all the end. Thing. I mean, he, at the end, he's when he snaps and starts killing everybody. Then yeah, that yeah. happens pretty early on after he can't get transformed back. Yeah. So like, we're already at a point where we're like, well, he just sexually assaulted his coworker. I fucking hate him. I yeah. don't want him to get any happiness. So if he didn't sexually assault her, but he attempted, it's like he's a piece of shit but I guess I'll keep going. And it's kind of funny. The director mentioned that when he was talking about the movie with someone, he was saying like, yeah, you know, a lot of this movie is about saying, how far are you as an audience willing to be by Sebastian's side after he does these terrible things? You know, from the get go, I already don't like him. He's a great, it's a great performance, but like, I fucking hate this character. I want him to get nothing. But he was saying, you'd be surprised how many people We'll just stick with him for so long before it's a turning point. And I, I personally don't understand how people were were stuck with him. How how they stuck with him. I mean, I like I wouldn't say like at the beginning of the movie that he's an, uh, like a reprehensible character or anything. He's just a dick. He's unlikable. Yeah, he's just a uh, just a douchebag. Yeah. I mean, like, there's certain stuff like like the um the the dinner scene. Yeah, I like the dinner scene. Like he's he's not bad in that either and he's like he's joking around with a lot of people about the whole like on god thing which is a joke but also later on becomes literal for him because of the invisibility he can literally do whatever he wants just like god so he's there i can see i guess at the beginning how people were like yeah he's he's yeah he's a dick but he's not that bad but there's a there's a turning point in the movie where i just cannot see how anybody sticks with him yeah and after that they don't really it's pretty try early to redeem too. <laughs> yeah, they, and they don't really try to redeem him yeah. after that point either. He's pretty much just the villain at that point, and Elizabeth Shue is the hero. Yeah. And at the same time, too, it was another attempted... Well, I wouldn't say attempted rape, but it's, it's at the very least sexual assault for him against Elizabeth Shue, too. Yeah, that that was... The, the, the one with the veterinarian is very uncomfortable. That one actually made me cringe yeah because there's a sound effect yeah. that i didn't need 
that really maybe maybe it was my maybe my TV crackled or something, and I it, maybe it wasn't in the movie. I don't know if from from your perspective, but there's a certain sound. There is a sound effect. Yeah, I don't I don't think we needed that part. I think mm-hmm. we could have definitely left that out. And it would better. It sounds almost like a like a blind opening up. Yeah, I don't like it. It really yeah. bothered me. But that's the point. Just because it's the point though doesn't mean I really want it to be in the movie. But I kind of wanted to get to that scene because the whole it's indicative of the of the whole relationship between Kane and uh, oh, I can't remember Elizabeth Shue's character's name for some reason right now. Uh, that sucks. It's not. It's not. It's I not can't think of Josh. Bro- oh, his character's name is Matt, Matt, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I know it's Matt. But the whole basically from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie. Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth Shue have a relationship where they obviously they dated before and it didn't work and he still wants it to work. She does not. The whole, the whole, the whole movie is all about him. He really wants to get back with Elizabeth Shue and he pushes it very far in, in trying to do that. And we talked about this today as well, that I don't think it's really love that's no. driving him. It is he is he is a hundred percent just a narcissistic just he he's he is not fit to have relationships, let's put it that way. I think uh, he I don't mean to cut you off. I was just gonna say no I problem. think it falls in line really well with the new invisible man where it's about control. Yeah, it's a hundred percent about control manipulation and he wants to have her. He doesn't want to be with her as much as he wants to have her. It's a possession, and it's very uncomfortable, and that's the point. And again, if this all fits with the character that's set up, it's not out of character at all. He's definitely shown to be a narcissist before the serum, and the serum just makes it worse. Yep, it makes his his assumedly um, the serum. It could just be also the after effects of him being in a lab for so long. It's a lot of outside variables. I, I think it's a combination of all of it, but yeah. I think that him, he from the very beginning of the movie, when he's looking at his neighbor getting undressed and stuff, he's he has this ineffective aspect to his character where he's like, man, I wish I could, you know, have, have that. And he doesn't, you know, he doesn't seem to have any desire to make effort to maybe strike up a conversation with this girl because yeah. he probably can't do that. That's the weirdest thing, because they make him seem like he's such a boastful person, but apparently That's kind he of can't the, walk next door. It's kind of funny, because that, at least people that I've known like that, a lot of them, like they have this forced charisma, but they really have no social skills. And that's kind of what this character is. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, uh, I, I, I agree, though. I really agree. Yeah, it's like he, he has this kind of, um, again, it's all, it's all performative. From every aspect. I mean, he obviously is literally smart. Like, he's literally a genius. But he puts on this bravado to to ensnare people. Whereas, he doesn't really know what to do. So, now that he's invisible, he can do whatever fuck he wants. There's no... There's no... There's nothing inhibiting him from doing the things that he wants to do in a more fucked up manner. Because he doesn't understand... I, I don't know if he literally doesn't understand the social aspect of the things that he does but he doesn't care about them because he's yeah. invisible so they're never going to find him anyway so he can just do whatever he wants and that's kind of the part of the whole like him playing god and him being god he can do whatever he wants he's you know 
things are just things for him to take and things for him to have it all the, the whole invisible serum thing the whole question is posed anyways like what would you do if you were invisible yeah when you give something that kind of power to the kind of personality that that sebastian has this is exactly what would happen i think it's to be it makes honest, it more disturbing to be actually. honest the question is more posed what would you do as a man if you were invisible is the way it's yes, filmed but as that it, it's it, also a conversation between two men yeah or a couple of men yeah but, yeah it just comes off very much like how much power can you abuse and how far is the line like there's a line he gives in the film that i think a lot of the dialogue in the film can be passe sometimes very 90s cheese but he says like you know it's a lot easier to live with yourself when you don't have to look in the mirror yeah and that that really informs the whole like he doesn't have to follow what he would think would be a moral decision because he doesn't have to reflect upon it. He doesn't feel like he has any, what's the word? Not side effects, but he doesn't really feel like he has any punishments. Like he, yeah, he, he no he consequences. Run, he doesn't feel like he, he has run, any consequences for his actions. Yeah. He can run without run around with impunity because what are they going to do? They can't find him. The only people who could find them are the people who are in the lab. I think it's funny have... to think of. Cause like, I never really realized how similar the 2021 or the 2020 Invisible Man is to this movie. Like, yeah. It, it, the only thing it, about the, the 2021 that they're they're more overt about abuse and, and yeah, abuse culture it's and, and the how entire story and, and how women aren't listened to and all that stuff. Like the whole part, the whole thing with him being invisible is he can make her the unheard victim. Yeah. And you know, to the point that she's locked up in the insane asylum and all that stuff. Like again, like there's the, the intriguing thing about the whole Invisible Man as like the whole plot device of the invisibility is that it really can inform a lot of different themes yeah it's very very fascinating this this kind of plot device in film i think it's so fascinating that like the concept of the original invisible man does not touch on like you know i think it might come to a lot of the director being like i, I won't say a lot of it but like with him being homosexual like he's not gonna touch on like abuse or, or anything for like james whale Oh, for the, I, I, no, the original Invisible Man. I, I was say almost. I, 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 for some reason, I thought we were talking about the twenty twenty, uh, the twenty twenty one. I'm like, no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't know late when I was gay. No, no, the original uh, Invisible Man film. You know, James Whale really does attack like the whole like yeah. the idea of the madman going mad because of the serum and like what can stop him. And it really does attack the whole thing about like has science gone too far that everything does in the 1930s, pretty much. Yeah, and they stick to that. But it's so weird that ever since then, the thing that's been synonymous with the like the Invisible Man is just like a man's abuse of power, and it's a great story to be told because it it fucking happens every day. I don't care who you are, it happens yep. all the time. It'll happen to your girlfriend. It'll happen to your sister. It'll happen to your daughter. It'll happen to every female that you meet. They had to deal with men abusing power. Try to change it, but that story's an easy story to tell, no matter how comfortable it can be. It's weird that Hollow Man really personifies that story while also being innately misogynistic at times. And that that's what's been run with with that next film. Invisible Man 2020 really does not have nearly anything to do with the original, which yeah. is a good thing in its film. It di- differentiates it, even the, the sequels to the original. But it has so much linked into Hollow Man. I just find yeah, it, it interesting because Hollow it, Man it, it, is an Invisible it, Man film, but you know it's not called Invisible Man. They deal with a lot of similar things. I think that Invisible Man does it a little bit with a little bit more subtlety. Yes, because because I, I mean it's not it's not new for I'm like the director is 
known for his social commentary and it happens in all of his movies you know Ro- robocop being like one of the most prolific one that everyone thinks of when they think of of the director but this one out of all of his movies that i've seen might have the least subtlety yeah because um, i mean like again like they, they talk about how like uh, there's not a lot of subtlety what the power in recall invis- either though yeah but like, what what kind of yeah, or RoboCop honestly? But it, it just feels more in your face in this movie for some. Maybe it's because they literally talk about it. Like it's like they have the whole like what would that kind of power do to you? Yeah. What would you do if you had the invisibility power? It's just like, yeah, I get it. That's kind of the point of the movie. So it, it's a little bit more. It has about as much subtlety as a hammer. It doesn't ruin it. No, having that much. I mean, the whole thing like 90, 90s movies are loud. They always were loud. Yeah, I couldn't so agree this, more. This straight up fits into that. I mean, it, it's the time period. So putting it in context of its time, that's not unusual. It's not like it's not like there weren't movies with subtlety in the nineties. I'm not saying that, but it's it, not it, a lot. <laughs> not a lot that I've seen. Yeah. But yeah, this one, uh, they they definitely get in your face about the about the the topic. But I'm kind of glad they do because they're not saying that the things that he's he does are good. He's they're not saying. Uh, that you should be enjoying what you're watching because they're deliberately some of the, the sequences where he's doing the most fucked up things are deliberately filmed in a voyeuristic and disturbing manner. Yeah, you know, we're, it's almost like the you know, that's the whole thing with POV shots is you're supposed to be in the perspective of the person doing whatever they're doing. So it, it makes you even more uncomfortable because, as far as you can tell, it's you doing it. So I don't mind them doing the whole lack of subtlety thing just because you shouldn't have to be subtle about these guys. No. And, like, I'm very loud about saying most 90s film don't hit me the same way it hits a lot of other people. A lot of the attitude of the 90s just comes off as cliche or just characters just do shit and they can be stupid. You'd think it's like, oh, well, you shouldn't like this film. It's super 90s. But you can understand when films come from a certain decade and act a certain way and excuse it to in a, in a bit, like excuse a little bit and say, all right, this is going to happen. What more can I get? And besides that, Hollow Man has a lot of substance to it. I will say some of the stuff when it comes to his actions, they should be deemed more reprehensively or more repulsively. People like one of the other characters, Parker, he's he would do the same shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, almost like, t- yeah, dude, it's a fucking, you see, yeah, you see, what's, for, who's gonna stop you, me? You see, for me with Parker, it more comes down, it less comes down to, I think he would do the same things that he does, and more so that he thinks that's what he would do. Yeah, it's not because the same Because he thinks thing, but... he would have the, um, I don't want to say he'd have the balls to do it, because you shouldn't have the balls to do the things that fucking yeah, yeah. Bacon does. Yeah, but he it's would all not, words at the end of the day yeah, for him. He, I agree. He would, there's no way, like that character as the way that he's written and the way he acts, I don't believe for a second that he would do that. But no. he wants Kevin Bacon to believe that he would do it because he thinks it makes him more of a man. Yeah. And that's really sad. Parker is 100% the fucking dude bros you find on Twitter that brag about stupid shit they've never done before, but their cousin's brother has done it. Like, yeah, exactly. That's what he comes off as, and like I like that. And, and there's like, a lot of those people. Yeah, and like that's a real character. It's a real person that would act yeah. like that. It's scummy. It's just when he's having discussions about it, and a lot of the other characters don't have discussions about it. It doesn't seem as deemed uh, irresponsibly as maybe it should be. Like we can definitely assume Josh Brolin's character is not a piece of shit by the way he acts and the way he cares about Elizabeth Shue's character. 
Yeah. Her, very smart, strong woman. She's he's, fucking, he's the clean cut leading man. Yeah, she's fucking A class. But yeah, you don't get much of the psyche of like. I think the character is Larry, who's just like kind of goofing, having fun. I like him, you know, but you don't get much about him. So yeah. or have, um, you have two characters uh, besides name? Sebastian, pretty much that what's are real. They give their point of view. You have Matt, and you have Parker. One's the clean-cut leading man, and the other one is joking about what the fuck I would do to a woman or do with girls if I couldn't be seen. It's yeah. tough. It should be deemed more reprehensively, but at the same time, like you said, he's a real character. I- I'd hate to say it, but you know some asshole douchebag jock bros would joke about shit like that. The character that I'm thinking of, the other um, character that doesn't get much development is Janice. Oh, yeah. The one that's, the one that's peeing and, and he's watching her. Which I didn't. I that scene can get cut that, entirely out. It would change nothing. If it you would. That. She has a joke in the next scene saying like, "Yeah, you know, I, I can't even deal with this shit. I can't even piss without those like thermal goggles." And it's like, "Yeah, I can believe that, but I don't need a scene to have you, him watching her piss because you know he's there." Yeah. If you if you watch, if you cut that scene out and you had her drop that line, it still works. Yeah, because it's just it's just an uncomfortable it makes idea. Yeah, it makes sense. And and when and you think about it, in a situation where somebody you know turns invisible, it's like you don't know where the fuck they are. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be paranoid. That's another thing about the that's another thing in the movie that they do really well is the paranoia. Perfect. I mean, like you you generally know when he's around. Yeah. But there's a couple of really cool shots where it starts out like a normal shot that you'd expect, you know, like a normal wide shot or or something, and it becomes a point of view shot that's those are the moments to me that like just sent me because it's it it is like you don't realize that this normally you're you're so used to the camera just being a camera and there being a specific way you know that a scene is a is a point of view shot and this scene this this movie fucks with you like that and it really adds to the paranoia where you're you're in certain sequences and the camera's following these characters you're like well is, is it is it just the camera or is it sebastian is sebastian following them is he listening to what they're talking about? Is he planning something? So I, I, a lot of those scenes, they really, really got me because, it, again, it puts you in the driver's seat because it makes you feel like you're the one walking around and watching things and being a voyeur. The, the camera work in this film is just so intense. It's so well done. Like yeah. Shots like that are things that you wouldn't think of, but it's just so well executed. You were like, holy shit, I haven't seen this before. Like, there's not even even the 2020 Invisible Man film because he's not the main character. I mean, the the bad guy in the Invisible Man film from 2020, he's barely ever really seen at all. On screen, yeah. yeah. He's, he's only but, like pretty much at the beginning and end. You don't really get many POV shots, and if you do, you don't see him moving. It's just like a, when like you have a horror movie, like a slasher film, like you have some shots behind some trees or some shit to be like, oh, it's a POV, they're stalking him. They have a few shots like that, but not, like, moving or following as as much yeah. as you would think they would. But in yeah, this I, film, it's all the time, but they're so he, well executed. Yeah, he really, really uh, uses the camera to a, a great effect in this movie. I, I love the way this movie looks. I mean, like, yeah, it, a lot of the, like, the set itself is super 90s and stuff, but... Mm-hmm. There's there's still some just genuinely great slick cinematography in this. Yeah. Especially those POV shots. We were talking about the set and like 
Yeah, it is super nice. I mean, who has fucking like little handles over a fucking elevator? Like, yeah, that's oh so God. overcompensating for just a regular fucking elevator. But, it's so weird because the door the doors close and then these two fucking yeah. latches slide down. That is most people in the nineties. Like, oh well, what's gonna be cool and futuristic? It's not fucking cool. It's so goddamn dumb. It's like you have T Rex so, arms on your elevator. Whatever. Yeah, man. I just I just don't understand what those are for. And especially like when you're thinking about like a, a lab, like scientific yeah. people using their brains. Why is that there? Like, what is the purpose that? I, I'm just that mad serves? because in the end, when they get out of the elevator, I'd love to see them have to try to fucking pry them off. Lift. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, at, at least it would have came back around. Yeah, but no, but in this, it, it really is just window dressing. What I want to bring up is that we talked about how it is a, a small set. You know, it's just this one lab area. As a horror film, it is the best. It's the best genre to benefit from a small set. You can yeah. do so much with it. Like, we talked before about, like, in the old dark house, how just having this one house be the setting for primarily the entire film works perfect. Yeah, Don't the evil breathe. Dead. The new that breathe. film yep. where most of the movie is just in this one old man's house. You have yes. a house or just one location be a setting in a horror film, it always seems to just work wonders because you can keep the atmosphere really thick and tense and then just explore small locations because... Now that entire area just feels personal. So yeah. when things get broken or taken, you're like, holy shit. The nice thing about that is that the nice thing about small sets is that you spend so much time in the same spots that you learn the geography of the environment. So even if you're not thinking about it, even even if you are thinking, like you're not, you're just not thinking about the fact that you know the environment now and you know where the where the villain could be in in relation to the character that you're following but you know the geography of the lab mm -hmm. you don't know where sebastian is because he's invisible yep. which makes it constantly scary or constantly tense and and par like paranoia issues, especially when they're talking about him behind his back and stuff so that's what it's I really find, smart it's what i find so interesting about horror films because you make any other type of film have a location where it's just one location most of the film it could hurt it some dramas make it work effectively too, but like you yeah. do that for an action film, good fucking luck, buddy. But even yeah. uh, even like the woods, a location like that, like the Friday films, like you keep the entire film just in a camp setting, it can still work wonders because you start to understand the geography of a camp. But just you're stuck behind a few trees you haven't seen before, you never know what the fuck is coming. Even Haddonfield yeah. for Michael Myers, like. You get to know Haddonfield pretty well. It's not like you're seeing anything besides a few random houses, but you yeah. never know. You turn one quarter, what the hell's going to happen? I mean, the majority of of the the main action in Halloween. Speaking of just speaking of that, is it's like two two houses, yeah, for the most part. Uh, I mean, there's there's stuff out on the streets with with Loomis and 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 uh, uh, Sheriff Racket, but you know where Lori's house is in relation to, or uh, Tommy's house is in relation to um annie's or not annie's uh Lindsay's. Mm -hmm. so you know they're, they're right down the street from each other so you know where everything is going on in relation to each other so when he's killing people over there so you know that he's very close to Lori. that's the nice thing about yeah like you said like you could you could have single location movies that don't work and really show their budget but that's the the fact that this is such an isolated film it helps the movie be better in this in this specific situation, especially with 
like I said, the, the paranoia aspect, but also reinforcing the fact that part of the reason why Sebastian is as fucked up as he is, is the isolation he feels because yeah. he's stuck in this bunker and he cannot leave. He is there 24-7 or however and, many and days And that's it a was huge theme in the movies because it's, as a person, he feels so isolated from humanity. Yeah. So even before the serum, like, he's just he's just like that. They show when he's in his apartment, up on the ceiling, it has a sign that says, you're he's not working. working. You yeah. know, how more are you going to segregate yourself from the rest of humanity by having a sign that says, you aren't working? Yeah, basically, he, he's created a situation where he is in a vacuum of, of social... He has he has nothing. He has no social aspect. Like, all his, his, his social aspects are with his people at work. And even that, he's a dick, so, like, none of them want to be around him anyway. So he's, he pretty much isolates himself by being a prick. Yeah. And he's forcibly isolated because he decided recklessly to test this serum on himself. So basically his no matter what, his isolation is brought on himself. Yeah. Before or after the serum. The coolest thing that they touch upon in this film that we've already mentioned before is definitely the fact that the serum in the classic uh, Invisible Man does drive him to to go crazy. You never see the Invisible Man before the serum in that film, so we have to assume that this made him crazy because beforehand Everyone talks about how he's such a great guy. He was a brilliant scientist. But now, he's fucking batshit insane. But in this one, we get to see Sebastian beforehand. We get to see how he acts. And the things he does, it's not that we can see him doing them, but they seem about, like, three steps farther than what he would have done. So, they're jumps, but they're not totally insane. So, you can leave yourself up to saying, did the serum make him crazy? Did the isolation make him crazy? Was he just always a piece of shit to this degree? Who knows? And that makes the question more or a combination open-ended. of all of it. Yeah, it makes it way more open-ended. If you're a traditionalist like me, you could say, I think a lot of it's the serum. If you like to get more into the human psyche, you could say, I think a lot of it could be the isolation factor. You never know. But that's what's so cool about it. Even with I having little it, hints, like with the gorilla I, being, oh, it's been way more agitated lately in the beginning of the film. It's a great way yeah. of setting up this character being flawed enough to be like he could be the piece of shit the serum could be the piece of shit or circumstance could be this shitty thing yeah i mean like you could even have you even have like a half measure where it's not technically the serum that is making him crazy yeah but the serum is lowering his inhibitions which is making him radically change personality yeah so it, 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 there's a lot of ways that you can take that they don't cuz they don't out, come out and say for sure that the serum is literally driving him insane. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah, like you said, the whole aggressiveness of, of, of the, the gorillas touched upon. But, again, if you can't see yourself, you're going to go nuts. Yeah. So I, I definitely believe that it could be anything. I, and it, it I, works I really well. I, I think that's what this film handles so well. That is the most subtle thing about the film in general. Like, yeah. everything else is so beaten on the head, but this... You decide what you want, what you like, and that's really cool. Yeah, I agree. It's a real pleasant surprise. You know, I don't like rape in film. I can't stand it most of the yeah. time. It makes me very uncomfortable personally. And Should. I'll say, because there's so much stuff in this film, I almost don't want to like it. It makes me feel bad for liking certain scenes. There's a fucking rape joke involving Superman and Wonder Woman, which personally yeah. I should hate, but Kevin Bacon's delivery 
makes it funny, and the fact that nobody laughs makes it funny, too, because they're like, you made a fucking rape joke, dude, fuck off. So, like, it's it just works. Like, I would say, I should hate this film, but it just fucking works. And, like, I can't. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. I, I, think, that, I think that joke alone is a is a key supporting aspect to his just social like just yeah he doesn't understand social norms at all he's just like i think that this joke is funny and everyone no one laughs he's like come on it's funny how how funny is it in just the irony of the only time we're gonna reference the invisible man is Is gonna be a fucking joke like is superman raping the invisible man by accident when he was attempting to rape wonder woman we're not gonna say the joke yeah i i kind of just gave away the whole punchline good i i'd rather give away the punchline i'm I'm not doing it verbatim yeah like i said there's a lot of things that i shouldn't like about the movie but i think it's handled well it could be handled better a hundred percent could be handled way better but it's in the fucking 90s i you know i can't change the decade so the final thing that i want to talk about is the actual climax of the film so we get, we get to the point where everyone's getting locked in to this uh, this bunker. They can't get out. He revokes all their clearances. So that the only person who can leave is him. Uh, and he starts picking them off one by one. And this is where I started to think, oh, I don't know if this is a horror movie because like, it, it's just kind of really like bombastic and action-filled. It really does function like a slasher film yeah. uh, where he's just picking people off one by one. He's even dropping fucking one-liners too. Especially in um, the 90s too. Yeah, so... It definitely does enter into like that kind of horror slasher territory, especially for the 90s. But the thing that I really want to talk about, because it really ties back to Elizabeth Shue's character, because uh, we've talked we've talked about her and we've we've talked a lot more about about uh, Kane, but she's really smart. Yeah, until she's not. But we'll get to that in a second. Uh, she, you know, she and, and Josh Brolin get locked in a freezer or locked in a, a temperature controlled room that is turned into a freezer, I should say. Where uh, she can't get out because the back, the door is, is is shut with a bar, and she, because she's she has big brain mode, she uses a defibrillator to create a magnet to unlock the door, which is super cool because, you know, the whole movie fucking Shaw is talking about how fucking genius he is, and how no one could ba- basically no one no one's smarter than me. I am the the uber genius. I am God. And he left her in there with the defibrillator. <laughs> so uh, she that was really that was a really cool sequence that uh, was very tense because you know, you just see the the temperature lowering and lowering and lowering. Brolin's already hurt because he got fucking cut up in the side with a crowbar and bleeding out in the ground, and he's going hypothermic. And I mean, obviously, you know, I didn't think they were gonna die there or anything, but it did have me in the moment. It's very well directed and and um, film sequence. But the thing that I, I do want to talk about about the finale is the sprinklers. Yeah, that's my big problem in the film. So she's really smart. They're all really smart, apparently. And they do make a deal to show you, a, a big deal to show you the sprinklers earlier on in the movie. So why isn't it the first thing that they did? <laughs> I mean, yeah, to I be think. fair, they did have to do it in response. Maybe they weren't thinking about it in the moment because they're like, well, we have the goggles. We're good. And then he created an issue again, a really smart thing to do because the whole thing's about how you can see thermals, but you can't see them optically. Is him turning the heat up really high so that the thermals are obscured? Really smart. Leads to one of the the most shocking 
moments of violence in the movie for me with uh, when Parker uh, when uh, his, his yeah. name's actually we we've, we've been saying Parker the whole time. His name's Carter. Um, whoops. But uh, when he gets fucking, wicked funny that we've been saying Parker the whole time though. Yeah, he definitely reads like a Parker. Isn't Parker one of the characters in Alien? First one. I think so. I think it is. Like maybe there. Aliens. I might be stupid. I don't know. It's possible. But anyways, it's been a long time since I've seen those. Same. Well, I saw the first one in theaters, but that was still two, three years ago. Yeah, I haven't seen Alien in a while. But yeah, I haven't seen Aliens in a long time. I haven't seen Aliens in like five years, probably. But um, this thing. Uh, when Carter dies, or yeah, when Parker. he's in the process, the process of dying. Yeah, Parker. Part when yeah. Parker dies, um, when he's in the process of dying, I should say, because he gets dropped. I can't remember what he gets dropped on. It's just like a fucking it, like. It cuts his fucking yeah. neck open, and the amount of blood, like it, it's because the whole movie is not is bloodless up until now. No, pretty it's pretty much bloodless. I think something bloody happens in the beginning of the they, movie. They they, sh- they show stuff with oh um, the gorilla, the gorilla, a, yeah. But I mean, eating violent. the rat and shit. Yeah, I, I, but I mean, like, I mean, like human violence, like human on human, because like human all the human, all the yes. stuff, the stuff with him killing people, specifically with the villain of the movie, I should say, because he the, yeah. when he kills people, he like he drowns the the um the head of the council, he breaks Sarah's neck. But it's all co- she's covered in blood. He's covered in yeah, blood. Yeah, but it's not but her it's, blood. Yeah. But yeah. I'll I, say I mean, that pisses me off too in that scene because it's like, how the fuck did he get all that blood off him? Yeah. I don't know. That, that pissed no, he, me off. No, she, like, no she, she dies after Carter. No, but still, just in general, because they're, like, they're looking for him. It's like, this man should be covered in blood. Like Yeah, but not too long after that's when they turn sprinklers on. Yeah, but he's... At that point, he's already got no blood yeah. on him at all. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what happened with the blood. Yeah, I can't really account for that. But what I was trying to say is that Carter's, uh, like his, the the inception of his demise. Most of the murders are bloodless, and then he just gets fucking clobbered in the neck, and it just like crushes his neck in and cuts it open, big deep gouge, blood spraying out all over the place. It shocked me. It generally made me gasp. Because it's just that movie, it wasn't that kind of movie up until that point. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Josh Brolin gets his fucking abdomen cut open with a crowbar. He's bleeding all over the place. And shit. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it gets bloodier after that. But because there wasn't any really at that point, I just, I just gasped when it happened. The one woman gets choked out, which I appreciate the fact they made like the capillaries and eyes like burst and everything. Yeah. I thought fucking, that was a cool detail that they used to do. That was brutal. Do. Yeah. That was brutal. I love aftermath. that scene too because it's in thermals where he just runs up. That that's a really nice shot. Yeah, the uh, when he kills Parker, not Parker. It's Parker, dude. Not I'm not even and trying Parker to talk about Parker. Takes the final scoot to heaven. I'm not even trying to talk Parker's about brother. Carter. I'm not even trying to talk about Carter. I'm trying to talk about Sarah. Um, when he kills Sarah, it maybe it's bad, but I was really worried that he was going to do something. That was gonna make me even more uncomfortable, but he just snapped her he neck. He references, I'm pretty sure, what happened when she was sleeping. Maybe I don't know. I just I that just made know me like, uncomfortable, but it wasn't like he, he was like holding her, and I'm like, oh, please don't, please don't do anything yeah. like that. And he just snaps her. It, it's bad that I felt relief. Yeah, because that's still fucked up. Someone's yeah, it's murder, dead, but it's like it's murder. But it's like I don't want to watch him fucking. I I agree. <laughs> Molest someone else. I just don't want to see that. 
So I was, I was, I don't know why I was worried. It, di- it didn't seem like if, if they did stop to do that, it would be a problem because it'd be like that's that does not fit with the, the finale at all. It's a very, I gotta, I gotta give credit to it's a very urgent finale. Like it's continuously the moment, the momentum is continuous. It doesn't stop. It just keeps going, ramping up and up and up and up until yeah. they're in the elevator shaft, and there's elevators fucking falling and and crazy ass shit. Um, and he's got nitro in the in the. Uh, Oh, fuck. I don't everything, everything after the um, the magnet scene happens, that's when it starts to feel more like action. I think yeah, it beforehand feels like it feels a lot more like the big finale in a slasher film, but, you know, the elevator plummeting and the big explosions, that's when it becomes like, okay, like, he yeah. comes back after the whole zapping and he should be dead, and it's like, ah. Yeah, it's like, it feels, it feels exactly like Scream when, when, uh, What's his name? Billy comes back. Is it Billy? His name's not Billy. Uh, Ski Oldridge's character. Yeah, when he goes back and they just fucking dome him. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um. Yeah. That. That's what that felt like to me. I mean, it it, it. it. fit fine. I was okay with that. Uh. But yeah, that that whole finale, that last part. Well, actually, before that, when he when she has the flamethrower. I'm like, this is yeah. giving me hardcore Ripley vibes. Yeah, hundred percent. She gives me Ripley vibes the entire film. It. Yeah, I was here for it. I was so cool with that. Uh, but yeah, that's when she lights lights the sprinklers. I'm like, why didn't yeah, you do that earlier? Yeah, it's too late. I'm literally setting you on fire right now. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, actually, one, one moment of disbelief that I, I was kind of like, I don't know how you thought that was a good idea, was when um, they basically deflect the, the crowbar blow and it goes into the, uh, yeah. the, ele- the electric uh, box and they're all covered in water and he's yeah. the only person who gets shocked because they would have all been zapped no, and they fried. all jumped up at the same time. They're in the air. Uh, uh, yeah, totally. But they're all still covered in fucking water. No, no. It, no, it, doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Okay, cool. Yep. Movie mm-hmm. magic. Yep. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. I cast a force field spell. I didn't know we were watching Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Yeah. No, that, like, that, like, those are minor quibbles. Like that yeah. finale is really tense, and I, I was I was really here for it. That was a really fun finale. I do almost wish they cut out the elevator stuff, like the final. It, it is a little bit over. It's a better finale for like Sebastian's character, but I would have rather like he starts to form, and as he's getting up again, like you brutally murder him because like he should have a more brutal death with the shit he's done. I'd rather yeah. do that, and they just crawl out. Open the doors. I just and, know. Like, I just know the nice like thing that. is. He, I just know the nice thing is that he's popped on the ground like a grape roasting. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I wish it was less big event and more just brutal because he deserves a brutal, brutal death. I was surprised by how big they went with that finale. Yeah, it's like, so I, big. I wasn't. Expecting it is super nineties, and like I know why they did it like that, but it's like whatever. Yeah, I was surprised by how how big they went with that because i mean like it, it's it's a verhoven movie so mm. should i be that surprised i guess but yeah i guess yeah, that's true it's just the whole movie is so unlike oh. the rest of verhoven total recall is not a super big ending big swerve yeah yeah but like robocop's a, a pretty yeah. uh, no i mean robocop's it's big a, it's a big idea and premise but it's not like yeah, Robocop's no, I mean with, with the Ed 209 or whatever, there, there's okay, some, yeah. some bigger aspects to it, but yeah, it, it definitely it felt super duper Hollywood blockbustery, and yeah. that is not exactly a bad thing. It's the reason the director doesn't like his film. <laughs> it's definitely I mean, his is definitely his most Hollywood film yeah. that I've seen 
for sure. It's but the finale, the, the very end of the finale is kind of indicative of that. Yeah, but it still worked for me, and it was it was really entertaining, well shot, well edited. You I'll know, say. It's, 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 the movie's edited by Mark Goldblatt. He's a great editor from the. He did a lot of great '80s action films. I think he might have edited Commando, and uh, the the '80s Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren and a lot of canon stuff. Uh, he he did a lot of editing in the '80s. He's he's a pretty good one. I'll say that when I saw the whole elevator collapsing scene with all the action going on, I just thought of like this scene definitely exists because the first Mission Impossible happened. That it, yeah. it, that's just how I felt. It felt so overblown and I'm like, this shit is wild. And I'm like, aren't these scientists that like, <laughs> okay, whatever, man. Yeah, bro. But did, did you see that fucking Brolin's got a body? No. You he's mean duct tape strong. man? Well, at that point, yeah, he's yeah. duct tape man. But look at duct tape man climbing. His abdomen's not ripping open. Definitely not. Yeah, but, but you can also just say adrenaline. Sure. <laughs> people lift cars. It, it, it's it's the nineties and two thousands. I don't I don't care. But but human, humans lift cars with adrenaline. Yeah, but adrenaline so, can't you know. last that long. Like a lot of the shit uh, he does, it's like he, he like he teeters. It's like ah ooh, ah ooh. It's like if you get a huge burst of adrenaline and you do some crazy shit and then like you get out of a situation, fine. I'm I'm fine with that. But it's like very inconsistent. It's like how damaged is he? Like I saw you fingering his hole there, and like that man's. He's moving a little nah, bit bro. too limber for a fingered nah, hole boy. Nah, bro, you didn't watch enough MacGyver as a kid. Yeah, Duct tape remember. solves all the problems. Yeah, They solve every problem, including bleeding. All problems aside with some of the stuff in the finale, they're very nitpicky, obviously, as a viewer. Yeah, 100%. Still very a solid finale. finale. Super solid. Yeah, this, I was just... I mean, like we're, we're just going to get into final thoughts, but like, this is a really big surprise. I yeah. was expecting... I was. Ex- I was not. I we we have sure. to say we joked about doing it. Like it yeah, was clear cut. We were going to do twenty twenty Invisible Man, and I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, we watched it not long ago, and I yeah. said to you as a joke, like, why don't we just do fucking Hollow Man? And we both laughed. And then they were like, doing it again, like a few ah! days ago. I was like, well, why don't we do Hollow Man? Like we both never seen it. The whole point yeah, of doing Hulu. this is like we get to watch some new films and get new experiences. Let's watch fucking yeah. Hollow Man. And we yeah. had a great time. I had a blast. I mean, I had a blast with some of this, some of it. Some of it was very well, uncomfortable. I, it, it was the by design. Experience was a good, exciting feeling. After yeah, because I watched, I, after we both watched the Mummy, we were like, okay, I need something. I'm I'm a little low on some endorphins right now. I mean, hey, I I enjoyed Wolfman. You, liked you did Wolfman. not. To as me, much. it was cool ideas, so. but it wasn't like a pleasant surprise. It was like, yeah, I'm a little let down, but I'm not disappointed. Yeah. I liked it, but I didn't love it. This was like, I went in there with low expectations, and I came out saying, that was a good movie. That was a really good movie with some shit I don't like, but I'm not supposed to like it. Yeah. So I was, I'm happy with it. It's not, it's not like it's a movie that's passing it off saying like, hey, isn't this sexy? It's like, it's not sexy. It's disturbing. Uh, it's per- sometimes it's it disturbing. feels a little too sexy, but I agree. I, I think that the only one that like, it feels like they're trying to be like, hey, isn't this sexy is the, the dream sequence. Until it isn't anymore, and that's just kind of dream logic. Yeah, a lot of time it's just like it, it's like oh, it's gonna be like a wet dream, and then it's not a wet dream. It's very yeah. creepy and disturbing. So, uh, but yeah, no, I the past couple of 
first time watch movies that I've watched recently, like Mortal Kombat and um, Without Remorse, I've either disliked or been really middle of the road on. So when I pop this in, I'm like, please give me something. Yeah. And I really, really, it, while we've been talking about this, I like the movie more yes. than I did before. I, I, I'm just more and more like impressed. This. Yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed this movie as much as you can. Yeah, that's um, the thing. Like, I'm not over here saying, like, yeah, the, everything that happens is awesome. Fuck no. He's a terrible piece of shit, and, like, that's I wish he didn't do half the shit, but that's the point. Some things could be less intensified, but as a film, I wasn't. I it was enjoyable. I had a great time getting through it. The performances by most of the actors and actresses are fantastic, and I just felt locked into my seat a lot of the time. And what more can I ask for watching a movie? I agree. I don't yeah, even for give it. final thoughts. We just kind of did. Yeah, I mean, that was that was I, that was my my yeah. like, point. I wanted it to be. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, if you were going to give this a score, what would you give it? I don't want to. Oh, you're in my, I don't you're in my, you're my movie as a high score. <laughs> I would say, as a film, it's enjoyable. There's tough stuff to get through, but I think there's a lot of things that keep you coming back to it. I don't know how high the rewatchability is, but as a first time viewer, I'd say it's worth checking out. And I'd probably give it like seven and a half or an eight out of ten okay because it's it's just a as a new experience i'm happy so it's kind of hard to say like oh there's a lower score it i'm surprised a surprise is always a good thing yeah well that's that's bullshit surprise is not always a good thing but a pleasant surprise is always a good thing yeah of course um when we started this this uh episode i was hovering around probably at eight yeah, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go eight point five. That's fair. I think I'm gonna go eight point five. I was I was almost ready to give it a nine, but I want to see it again before I give it something. That's like that. my thing because so the whole rewatchability thing. It's like maybe if I rewatched it, I'll feel a little lesser on it. I but... think I could. I, I'm not worried that I can't rewatch this because there's certain movies where I'm like I don't know if I could rewatch this again. Yeah, this is still a. I wouldn't say it's a light film, but it is definitely a film built on entertaining yes as a as a horror film with a, a lot of disturbing aspects to it that are well thought out and and intentioned so i i could see myself rewatching this i'm probably gonna look for the blu-ray and and, and purchase it sure. uh, to add to my collection but you know i i was not expecting anything out of this movie because no, uh, i know either. i i knew a lot of people who like spoke really highly of this movie but they're people who grew up with the movie People who probably saw it in theaters, and they're like, "Yeah, man, it's a fucking great movie." It's just like I, we'll see. Yeah. And I was I when I, I was just thinking about like this is not a movie that like it's very clearly supposed to be an Invisible Man movie without actually being an Invisible Man movie. So I'm yeah. like, ah, is this gonna feel like a knockoff? What's this gonna be like? And it's definitely its own thing. Yeah. Like it take it takes stuff from from visible man but it definitely does its own thing and it left me guessing a lot there are things I, I i couldn't tell you what was gonna happen really a lot of the time so i was i was very impressed with this movie it's a movie that i can see myself revisiting and who knows my score might change up or down who knows but i think verhoeven's just he, there's no one like paul there's nothing there's nobody like verhoeven and he directs movies and 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 he didn't write this one but 
the way that he handles his movies is in a manner that no other filmmaker does. And even though this is his most Hollywood movie, it's still definitely a Verhoeven movie. For sure. So I really dug this movie. I'm glad we watched this one. Yeah. Um, that's all I have to say on it. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I kind of hope you guys check it out too because I was pleasantly surprised. Mike's pleasantly surprised. And, you know, if you have two people going in with poor expectations, you're walking out with a bit of a shock. That's always a cool thing. Always something to look forward to. So it's on Hulu. So watch it. Yeah, that's true. So, Hulu. Yeah, it's on so, Hulu. If you, if you have Hulu, you can watch it for free. Can't really plug a lot of the things we've watched because we've had to watch it on like home Disc release or, or anything. Our but, own, our own. Yeah. Yeah. This is easily accessible. So that's always cool. But yeah, join us again. Next episode, we're going to go a bit more classic, just kind of like we did with the, the mommy, but don't worry. This one's better. <laughs> so yeah. I'll see you later. Have fun. Thank you so much again, and I'll catch you later. Bye.